What up? Back again. Another episode of Alternative Blacks Instagram Live. I am Tyler Washington, and we will be joined shortly by Chris. That was quick. I think that's the quick, uh, quickest he's ever jumped in here. So let's get right into it. Today we're going to be talking about homebrewing and uh, do maybe a Q&A, you know, see, see what questions we have. Uh, and everything like that. So, what up? What's going on, man? You got a uh, got rid of the stash. Look, so I still have to do like the close shave, and I meant to do this yesterday, but I figured I was going to do um, start fall off completely fresh, and grow it out all the way through winter up until spring, and just see what happens. Actually, I did that a few years ago, except I just went to, like, New Year's, and that's how I ended up with, like, the... Mm -hmm. But we're going, we're going straight into spring. Oh, my goodness gracious. When are you going to cut I'm... it off, though? Like, birthday. It's got to be birthday, right? You said spring, so I'm thinking, when are you going to cut it? Like, when, when's the cutoff date? Probably your birthday, right? Yeah, let's see. When is the first day of spring? When is the first day of spring? Probably March. March? End of March? <laughs> That's like a whole month after spring starts. That's like the middle spring, man. What? Your birthday? Yeah. March 20th. It's like a month then. So, April 17th. Yeah, exactly. So I you could probably run it to your birthday and see what happens. <laughs> I don't know if I'll want to. Yeah, that too. But before we get into talking about brewing and everything, you know, like what we've been going through lately, uh, how about we just kind of talk about the beer that we've been drinking? Oh, we're not been drinking the beer that we're drinking tonight. Oh man, I am out of it already. This is not gonna go yeah, well. Me too. Yeah, I like woke up from a nap like right before I texted you. My God. <laughs> yeah, it's been a day. Uh, I'm drinking the Half Acre Oktoberfest called Lager Town. That was pretty good. Uh, this is my first. This is my start off. My jump off beer. My second beer is the real star of the show. So I'm just kind of. Sipping in on this to kind of get into the, the season here as we are almost into October. I feel that. Uh, so to get into that kind of spirit, I am drinking an Old Faithful. Um, something that I've been looking forward to for a while. I've seen it uh, over the past couple of weeks and just didn't really have a justification for pulling the trigger on buying it. And today I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm doing it. So I got... Volt's Brewing, Volt Brewing Company, Nitro Sweet Potato Ale. Oh. And I don't I remember. Was it Nitro last time? I don't think it was Nitro. No. So excited. The pour. Got to do the fast pour on the Nitro. Not so. Which I know, I know that's why you waited to pour it. Yeah. The not-so-secret tip. <laughs> yeah. What's drinking? Let's see. That nitro. Yeah, let me know how that changes everything. 
nitro usually makes things better, but I feel like there's some things that I've had nitro that just kind of taste of water down. I think certain things need can do nitro and others certain so, things can. I would say it is somewhat watered down. The head that has like a creaminess because there's that vanilla in it. Um, that kind of remind. I did a milk tube for the first time. And a what? A milk tube. Have you? Okay, so you need to follow breweries and PA on Facebook. Like they have a they have a page and then they have a group. The group is insane, right? The group is like everyone posting like memes about stuff. So they're usually hating on New Trail. Which is wild. They're usually complaining about kids at breweries. Bashing hazy IPAs. I'm on board with that. And hating milk, the milk pour. Which is like this thing that came out of the check where, where it's like, it's the side pull tap handle thing. And it fills up the glass and it's like 75% foam like head 75 percent head but it's a creamier smoother head now they also price it like half the cost of the beer they sh as they should right so it's just like everyone's just been killing killing these milk pours and so i'm like you know what i'm gonna at least try it because it sounded like from the sound of it it sounded like nobody was trying it and they were just hating and i was just like you know what this isn't too bad. And I actually talked to somebody recently who was talking about, like I was talking to them about it. He goes, Oh, I actually really enjoy the foam uh, from a beer. I think that would be something I would really enjoy. And I was just like, you know, there you know what it sounds like to me. It, that kind of, that whole, the, the demeanor of that, of the milk pour thing kind of sounds a lot like, remember when we had the discussion about barriers of entry or judginess mm -hmm. and how, like when we first started drinking craft beer, there was like, it's kind of one of those charts that's like, oh, what is this? What is this? And you get to a point where you're just judging everything that isn't an IPA or a pastry stout or something crazy. And then all of a sudden you kind of get over that and you get the experience and you're like, oh, wait, you can still have something that isn't this crazy craft beer that's still like just a lager, like just a straight up lager, but it's a good lager and that's still okay. Or it's just okay if you don't like craft beer. And there's there's kind of that uh, gatekeepiness, I guess mm -hmm. you can call it, the gatekeeping aspect of it. And I guess that's kind of what it seems like this is. What were their gripes about the milk pour? One, they're just like, it's just a fad, you know, like, whatever. And I'm just like, okay, cool. Let it Might be, yeah. Like I've I've uh, I was listening to a podcast the other day about craft beer and they were saying that there's an article that was projecting that the seltzer bubble is about to pop in the next like ten years that you know you're still gonna have like your truly you're still gonna yeah. have like your the big producers one or two, right but you know your mom and pop seltzer gone like they're not gonna exist. That Evil Genius Seltzer, not going to be around. Well, I wouldn't mind if Evil Genius wasn't around at this point, too, in general. Um, what was I going to say? Um, the Seltzer bubble is going to pop in the next 10 years, <laughs> as if that's, like, on the horizon. 
how old is like this rendition of craft beer like how old is craft beer you know what i mean arguably it's like you could yell like mid 90s it's it's like as i say i think rap is older than craft than the craft beer industry as it's as it's currently constructed. One hundred percent. So ten years is a hell of a long time. I think what they're saying though is by that ten year mark. They're, they're just saying that's when it's yeah. It'll be phased out by then. Yeah. Okay. Um. I also kind of see back to uh, the the group that you were talking about the the Brewers and PA group. I kind of see if they don't like if they don't like hazy IPAs, I guess they wouldn't like New Trail because New Trail comes out with 900 hazy IPAs. Like every month is a new hazy IPA, and there is something to be said, I guess, about the fact that like I think New Trail is one of those that just they do something cool. All right, they don't reproduce it. They're on to the very. They're on to the next. On to their next brew, and it's completely different, or it's at least branded completely different. Every neutral I've had has been amazing. What's but so funny, I just picked out, and I think it was the Seltzer episode, like a Seltzer uh, article as well. It was the uh, volume with the craft beer magazine that I got us, and they were talking about this one brewery out in California who basically their idea was. I'm always going to be tweaking my recipe and making it better and better. I'm not just going to make something and it be good. And because people like it, I'm not going to change anything about it because it'll never get better. And that's what's going to make our beers better is it's always going to be a new rendition. It's always going to be tweaked to become better. And I think there's something to be said about that. You know, like Hidden River is one of the best like breweries this side of the state. And it's because they never stop tweaking recipes. I don't, remember many of those beers i could not name one beer for certain yeah no that's true but there is also but there that's true but then there's also something to be said about a familiarity with something to where you have more of a comfortability with it um and i can see that side of the argument too where it's like they're so they're they're focused so much on changing and tweaking and altering there might be a rendition that is just perfect the way it is and you'll never get that again because they're on to the very next thing. And it's kind of that same idea of like, I've always struggled a long time with going out to a place and trying to, and looking at the draft list and depending on my mood, it's like, there's stuff on here that I haven't tried, but it's not stuff that I'm feeling in the moment. I kind of just want something to fall back on, but I'm always also trying to, experience something new and go for something new and there's like always that struggle when i'm looking at a draft list of and like be feeling okay with coming back to something that i've had before because it's just what i'm feeling in the moment versus always trying the next thing and tr- jumping on the next beer a new beer that i've never had before and trying 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 adventuring 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 like that's that has its value too but i also think there's value in having the flagships right having those four or five maybe for bigger breweries six or seven beers up to 10 beers that are always there you've 
you keep you can keep tweaking those recipes, right? You keep tweaking those recipes on those beers, but they're still that beer. The tweaks are minor, and it doesn't result in you going from this hazy IPA called Balamalama to Kalama Kalama over here. It's the same. It's the same beer. It's just we're now trying to get it perfect. Right. There's some things that we like about it. We like the general idea of it, but we just want to get it slightly better than it was before. But it's still the same beer and at its core. Right. And I think there's a lot of breweries that don't do that. They're just always on to What I was going to say name. is that, one, I'm writing those names down for the beer. What, what was it? Kalamalama? Kalamalama and Kalamalama. Those will be our first two. Um <laughs> Alyssa came up with a great beer name last the other night, and I have it written down, but I can't remember it right now. Next time. But what I, I, I was going to say to the being able to produce things, you know, and like that, that whole point, I think that's a benefit for Hidden River in the sense that because we are this, especially like the southeastern part of like PA, um, there's so many breweries already and so many breweries that have been around long enough that they fill a niche. your familiarity beer it's probably already established it's already out there you know that's true that's, that's fair so that's we don't have to worry about that because we're just going to go for it no yeah you're, you're, that's definitely fair I, I i think victory is the first place that comes to mind in terms of a place that has like a bunch of their flagship series, you know, or uh, even Sly Fox is the same way. I, I rarely go to Sly Fox and be like, oh my God, something new. Yeah, that's true. There's always, what is it, Fox Duck or something? Something about a, a duck and a, or no, Fox Duck is a brewery, I think. Yeah, Fox Duck is a brewery. There's Volpelin. Um, Volpelin and. They have a, a root something. A Something, something about a stout, yeah, and they did. They also did the Redding beer, which I'm thankful for and grateful that they did that. That premium lager. Yeah, the Redding premium lager, which not bad. I mean, I would take that over any of your standard, you know, macro brews, except for PBR, probably, because it's about the same as PBR. Shout out to PBR. Yeah. Which case, yeah. Which case just get PBR. Right. Which reminds me, just on a quick off point, before we before we transition, because it's just a funny story that I'm just remembering now, was I was at uh, this place called Bresky's up in Harrisburg on the way home today to grab some beer for the show. Um, really good selection. And I got behind this lady that had two 30 racks of Natty. Ugh. Natty she paid $34 for 60 cans of beer. I get up there with my two four packs and a bottle of water for $24. <laughs> I was like, man. But you know what? The quality, the quality comparison just like completely evens that out. Mm -hmm. I won't go as far as to say, like, the alcohol percentage probably evens out as well, but damn near. 
Well, because uh, I didn't mention this before, but this Oktoberfest is ABV wise is sitting at. I just saw it. We're at five point eight. Mine's six. Which is almost double of Natty Light. Because I think Natty Light's one of those like three point three. You know. Yeah. Three point four. Yeah, I'm sitting here at six and a half. Okay, and yours was the sweet potato vault nitro. Mm-hmm. And it's good, you know, it's supposed to have, it's like this nutmeg, vanilla, molasses, cinnamon, John, right? And it just, because it's nitro, I feel like you do get a little, like, watered down on all of those flavors that, like, usually come out. And I was so worried when I first had the sweet potato ale that it was going to either be, like, too sweet or, like, just overly spicy. And it was just, like, this such such a well-balanced beer and it was so good and um i i think because of how well balanced it was putting in this like nitro however that affects your beer just takes it down a little like a little more than i would like it's interesting uh i can speak slightly to that i guess like when you think about carbon like carbonation right you got carbon dioxide and the, and the carbon dioxide doesn't doesn't mix with liquid, right? Right. So you get these bubbles. You get the bubbles. That's what the carbonation is. But it's also like, it's almost like a texture thing, right? But at the same time, it does alter the taste because a lot of what you're drinking now is the carbon dioxide coming off with the liquid intermingled in there versus like the, nit the, the nitrogen oxide oxide just kind of uh just kind of mixes in with the liquid in a way that it's far more uh far more like one thing versus a bunch of bubbles of one thing inside another thing mm -hmm. so that that lends itself to the texture but then it's also i feel like the nitro is going to inherently dilute the taste of the beer because it's mixing in with the beer versus as a carbon dioxide the bubbles are around this beer which is now more concentrated because it's not actually mixing in with the liquid itself so you're still getting the taste of the liquid with the pop of the bubbles mm -hmm. that's my two cents on it see i can already tell like as we're going forward to this <laughs> these like these elements of this process is going to be all you. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm, but let's transition into that now because I'm pretty excited about the future. Um, I'm not, I, I don't know about this first batch. <laughs> the way I keep side eyeing <laughs> this like fermenter every time I walk by, I'm like, you better be good. <laughs> Like, I'm so scared. It is it looking at it is one of the like most off-putting experiences. But you know what? Have you ever just googled beer fermenting and just looked at it? Cuz I have a photo up right now and you'll be surprised how exactly like your fermenter picture some of this looks. Like this dude has a big glass fermenter sitting on a a wooden kitchen chair yeah and he's drinking it into a, a glass. pint glass yeah with the that has like the black label on it yep 
<laughs> yep. And and look how similar, look how exactly similar that looks to what yours is. I think we're. I think you're okay. I know. I'm just like it. I'm gonna be. Think about it. It's really process. I can't wait to get into like a fermenter that like you can't see in. So yeah, because like I was look so obviously I was I was looking up some some stuff on like what should you look for when you're fermenting to know that you, that it's actually doing what you need it to do. Part of it is this the krausen mm-hmm. that foam on the top that's coming off the reaction of the yeast eating up all the all the sugars right and then it's supposed to fall down into the bottom of your fermentation once, you know, basically the reaction's slowing down and the yeast is kind of going more dormant. Um, which is exactly what your beer looks like. And just for context, Tyler is, you're, you're three days out from the end of your yeah, fermentation? I'm actually going to, you need to send me a picture of that, um, piece of paper that came in or just like what to expect on the first day like first two days and all that i can't find mine at the moment it's lost oh, really? no, i have it uh, i have it like right here um but i get a copy of that because i just need to know like after bottling it and all those steps like what i'm supposed to do anyways but yeah i did mine i finished my brewing process maybe at 1 30 tuesday morning so it was like monday night i was brewing and so yeah i'll be officially done at like 1 30 tuesday morning Gotcha. I uh, I finished Sunday night around I want to say like ten thirty or so. So like I'll, I will be on uh, October third, Sunday, October third, Sunday night. So that'll be my official end date on the on the fermentation. Um, I'm really excited. Uh, I'm, I'm since I'm working at Dock Street now, and a couple of the people there homebrew. I was talking to them about it, and they're like, "Yeah, make sure you bring in your your beer." I was like, I, I, "I'm not sure I want to do that, but okay." Well, hey, listen, just bottle it, have one, see how it goes, see how it is. So I can give that disclaimer. I was like, "All right, I had one. This is my thoughts. Let me know." Yeah. And also, I had one, and I'm still here. So right, yeah. Don't worry, you won't die yet. You won't die. You won't die yet. Right, and then I was like, it's "You won't die." It's like it's only been a few hours, but I feel fine. And then by the end of your shift, you're just like a zombie. Happens anyway. Uh, but yeah, seriously, how has that been going for you? It's good. I was like very concerned. You know, um, it's so much of a different position than I've ever done. Even though I've worked at in like the food industry before, as like pizza, uh, pizza cook, like right. maker. Pizza boy, um, but nice. So it's just been a little different because I actually having to run food, bus tables a lot more than I'm used to, and just that, those type of things, uh, and opening and closing. Uh, so it's there's been a little bit of stress there with like the learning curve because uh, I only had two days of training and that was it. Yeah, two shifts of training and then you like go in. I was just like. Yeah, but kind of tough. It's going well, you know. I walked in yesterday, and one of the people there, like, was just like, you know, we were talking about you last night, and we're just like really excited about, you know, 
this hire because you're really enthusiastic about the job and everything like that. So like, just want to let you know how much we were enjoying you. And I was talking to some of the other workers last night, just like how comfortable the place they make it feel and uh, just how nice everybody is like just generally across the board, good people there. Uh, and it was fun. I feel like that's what you need though, right? That kind of makes the, the job. Right. Cause Katie and uh, her friend Natasha were talking about like the horror stories back when they worked at this one restaurant. And I was just like, yeah, if this would have been even like a little bit close to what you guys have been saying, I don't think I would have, I wouldn't have lasted. I would have walked out because the reality again is like, I don't need the job. I like the job. More money's always net like nice. Yeah. But like, but it's not a necessity. So you're you're there for a particular reason, but you could also be at a hundred other places just like it. Right. And I think that was, that was the real cool thing about it. Cause I guess she was talking about like, she wasn't even like ever allowed to sit at the bar at the place that she worked. Like, even if she was off duty, even if she was like dressed appropriately for that place, mm-hmm. because she worked there, she was never allowed at that bar because I came out and I was like drinking really? and like, they're like, are you allowed to like sit and have a beer with us? I'm just like, why, why wouldn't I? But that, that, that is a thing. Marriott is like that. I, I think, you, you're not allowed to. You're not allowed to just be at the bar. I think like the big thing about why I'm so excited to be in this position currently is because if we do get this brewery off the ground and started, you know, it's it's very much setting a tone or at least letting me reimagine or imagine even what it would be like to work for us or like what we would need to change or stuff mm-hmm. like that um yeah what i've had recently in terms of you know obviously that's that's down the line mm-hmm. quite a bit but you know when you talk about what are you going to pay wages and you know health care and things of that nature you know is it just going to be a status quo type business um or is it going to be something that's a little more sustainable for your employees and is that sustainable for your business and how can you make it sustainable for your business so uh these are things that we're going to be looking into but uh you know I, i think going into more breweries and seeing how they operate um and obviously you at uh at doxry is a great first step into that um, it's going to really be beneficial moving forward. Yeah, what I like about them so far is like they're not really open past 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock, right? And they're not usually, especially on a uh, weekday, they're not opening up until 4 o'clock. So you might be there till 12 and you might have to get there at 2.45. There's no like for instance, I close Sunday nights and I usually open Wednesdays. And that is literally a close to open. Like I have the last closing shift and the first opening shift. Because they're closed Monday, Tuesday. Yeah, exactly. But it's not like this crazy back to back. Like when I was wearing a body zone, I literally would be like there to like midnight and then have to be there at like 445 yeah. to open. And boy, were those people there ready to go. <sighs> Just like, come on. So it, it's it's looking at those type of things because you know you want to 
in my mind, because of how I like approach work, I'm not looking at stuff as a, you know, work is my life. You want these people to have a job out of it, right? Like, not even a job out of it, like a life after it is what I mean, like a life outside of work. So it's like, depending on where you're located and depending on what everyone else is doing, are you open every single day? And does that mean you have people working there three, four times a week? Or is that everybody get like basically like two days and it pays decently enough? Or like, what does this look like? What What is this like culture and how much can you pay them? And again, I think what comes in my mind, at least down to it is, yeah, you look for the people that are enthusiastic about beer, you know, like right. where you where they're bringing so much to the table anyway, that the money evens out again, because the experience that they are bringing in to the table and able to help out with goes up because now you're not just looking at, okay, somebody that's running food, but you're looking at somebody who's also like changing out the taps, you know, who, who's also, right. you know, able to field suggestions or hear what people are saying and talking about. And so when there's a work meeting, you can talk about like, Hey, you know, I think this is what really is going to take this beer to another level, or this is what I'm seeing. Like those type of things where people are like, boom, right into it. I think. Right. So. And that's, I kind of like the way, uh, when 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 I went when when we were at uh, uh the place in Baltimore, when you uh the one you didn't like their their oatmeal stout even though it was fantastic. Uh, Union. Union. You must yeah. put it so much that you can remember their name. Listen, man, I'm struggling right now. Um, the way that they did, the way that the people behind the bar did their flights. I like the way they did their flights there where it was a progressive flight. Mm -hmm. They give you each next one as you drink it, as you drink it. So you don't get them all at the same time. And then they also basically have the knowledge of the draft list, the types of beer and what should be next based on what you got before and what order you wanted it in. And they'll help you order. They'll help you put the order together and, by their suggestions so they're knowledgeable about it it's active and then you get like that active feedback right away yeah and obviously and obviously to be able to do that you would need to have some familiarity with the beer versus you know just throwing someone back there to just pour beer right you know what i mean exactly um courtyard brewing down in new orleans they did a very similar like system i don't know if they helped out as much but what they did was there was like a token system right and so, mm. like you got your four tokens essentially or however many like maybe you had five beers right so it was four tokens because you're going to get the first one when you order mm -hmm. and you go up you give your next token that's how they know oh okay we're going to give you this you know all that um not as it's not that elevated flight. It's not that gradual flight that, like, with a specific reason or logic to it. It's just like, hey, this makes it easier for the people to continue doing their job because they don't have to do all this at one time. Right. Um, and, you know, you're, you're not sitting there, all that kind of stuff. And it makes you – I mean, you could change your mind. I could look at a list, especially if they have a big draft list. I could look at it and think this is what I want as a flight. And then I have their IPA. And I'm like, oh, you know what? They really aren't that great at IPAs. So let me switch this up real quick. 
That's true, because I think a lot of times when you go into a place, the flight is the thing, is the vehicle to try the most of what they have to offer the easiest and the quickest, right? So it's not really necessarily about the graduation of the beers in your flight as much as it is about the variety of the beers in your flight. Yeah. And the fact that you're getting small amounts that you can actually consume all of it and be able to have multiple different beers across there. So I like that token system. Um, and once again, yeah, it, it helps to free up taps because you just quick five ouncer. Here you go. Here's the token, you know, you keep going like that. You, people don't have to remember things. There's less glass breakage probably because you're not holding a, a board or a tray, a tray full of flight or, or uh, tasters or whatever it is. I didn't break a glass last night. <laughs> First night that you didn't? <laughs> Look, the one time, the one just like crushed in my hand. Like, I don't know. I had like two of them. Like, I, I put them down, and the way I must have put it down and held on it at the same time went. Like, what are these glasses made of? Glass? Right? <sighs> Ridiculous. Metal glasses only. Middle of the summer. <laughs> in an outdoor area with sun oh yeah then what you do is like you make sure that your like our logo is prominent enough on the glass that no matter where you are at you have to hold on to it <laughs> so we just brand everybody i was gonna say that's a good branding on that note, I'm about to grab my uh, next beer here at the start of the show. I will be just 30 seconds. 29. 20, 24. <laughs> um, yeah, when you get back, I have, like, one more thought on just, like, hiring or how I would want to approach staffing. Um, great. I, I think, like, one of the things that I have noticed so far, too, is like obviously we didn't get the chance to go out to barrel and uh, flood, right? Um, right. Which was very unfortunate. Um, oh, did we talk about Hofbrau House yet? No, we have to. And while I pour this beer, because this is a barrel and flow collab beer here. And guess which one? It, have, uh, how many of you had so far? Just one? Because I'm doing them all as reviews, so I only got one so review two. done so far. Okay. I have, I'm probably halfway through. Okay. At this point, this one is the Knock If You Buck. Ah, uh, that one's one of my favorite names. Yes. This is from Burger Burgers Brewing out of, out of Pittsburgh and Crafted Culture. Oh, collab. okay. Yeah. It is a full-figured Doppelbach nuance by Hazelnut to complement the rich toasted malt sweetness. And it is a, sitting at a 7.5. It's a Doppelbach, as I read. And uh, Doppelbachs are one of my favorite styles. Have this you, is one of my favorite names. So I, I was really pumped to have this. Have you uh, had the one from Allagash and Sankofa uh, yet? This is my favorite collab beer so far. Wow. 
That is so good. Five out of five. Um, if I can uh, screw up my setup here quickly, you can see what I've kind of, what I've had here. All these beers that are kind of sitting here in view are all of the uh, beers that I've had. Nice. Out of that. Um, I believe I did have the Sankofa Allagash. Which which one was that again? Yes. You remember? Really cool, like block. Yes, yes. This is this was my favorite up until this Doppelbach, the Woven in Time. Yeah, that one was a really good one. Um, I think it was just a nice complex little amber ale. Yeah, uh, the smoke. It was like the smoke maple. Yeah. That did it for me. What? Um, and that had millet in it. Yes, and it had millet in it, which was also big points for that. Um, I was excited. Most, I was really excited for the uh, uh, this guy here. Oh yeah, the run the jewels. Run the jewels, which it was okay. Um, it was just kind of it was a standard. It was solid, you know, but it didn't blow me away. But like that one and then I'm also super super excited for the Harris family yeah one which I have stashed away just in case that's the one we do I'm excited about other half can't lie you want my opinion on the other half wait was that is the other half the bottle I thought no, I thought, did they do multiple? Because I swear I, I thought I, I saw like, I think other half. Multiple, because I think they do like the big green or one or whatever. Yeah, I haven't had that one yet. That's the one I'm excited about. Yeah, I haven't had that guy yet, but I feel like they did something else. Or I'm thinking of Trillium. Mm. Oh, wait, who did thinking. Trillium hook up with? Let me find it. Blech. Let's see. Uh, this. This one, that's East End and Black Frog. That was pretty solid. Um, this is, ooh, the Cajun Fire Brooklyn Brewing collab. Oh, that sounds ooh. amazing. This, yeah, this one was really good. It was a dark, it was a molasses dark lager. That was really good. Uh, where is it? This was also one of my favorites. Trillium was yeah. the Brockton beer. The what now? Trillium was with oh, Brockton yeah. beer. Yes. Bacon Break, double IPA. Right. Um, not my favorite. Okay. Other half is with Four City Brewing, and I think that's why I'm really excited for for that as that well. One, yeah, that one I have not touched yet. Yeah, that's the orange green. Um, I'm really excited about that one. Uh, yeah. So, like, looking again, not necessarily for our process of home brewing yet, but just talking about what what working for us might potentially look like, or the work environment that we would want. I, just go off of, you know, one people that are enthusiastic about craft beer would obviously be the uh, big thing. But I, I think trying to get to a point where there's a reward also for like working for us, like, yeah, we, 
we are rewarded as the brewer, like the brewery, for having people who are enthusiastic about beer work for us. That's a reward on our end. It's not necessarily a reward on their end. You know. Uh, that's why I think. That's why I think. Sorry, I, wait. You had you had you you were going somewhere. My bad. Right. So I think obviously, like one of the, the ways that you know that the workers are rewarded is, you know, the free beer that they get to try, you know, like where they have. Um, but I also want to send people out to these festivals. Like, I think like that's the biggest part about it as well. Even if they're not going for, for instance, even if we're not able to get a booth set up for ourselves. Just them to, going out. As a representative, like we're going to send you out with our gear and our swag, you know, we're going to pay for this trip for you. Because we enjoy can get it. there, you're yeah. prep for us. We're gonna do this rotational, you know. You know, on the trips that we can get to, we're still gonna bring somebody with us. Trips we can't go, somebody else is gonna go. Have this be a rotational thing, and and that's for like every part of the business, you know. Obviously, reward the people that have been working there the longest first like that's how the hierarchy in my mind would work it was just like okay the first time we're able to send somebody here's the longest person working for us boom go and then from there you know as that rotational but i i think that would be a lot of fun i, I think that would be you know a reason to want to work like yeah i agree and i think also once again as you mentioned um that, that sort of goes on in dog street in terms of you know these people are enthusiastic about beer and they're getting behind the bar and they're learning and selling the beer and you know, understanding the beer to, if they want to get into the brewing process, having that open door to help with brewing and coming up with ideas, like you said, but actually or even getting into the physical brewing process as well for anyone who feels like they want to do that, you know? Right. And I think that's another way if we're, if, if we're going to benefit off of someone who's really hype about beer, um, we should at least extend that offer to them if they want to kind of learn about that. Right. No, I agree. I think that'll be a lot of fun. I, you know, there's a lot about the prospect of, opening up a brewery that I think is going to be fun. Um, I think, you know, one of the things that we've learned through the, the process of what up, Stout Poppy? <laughs> Love that name. Um, through the process of even this podcast is we, we do what we have to in order to make sure that these episodes go out, which they did not go out most recently. I need to finish that episode still. <laughs> Uh, that's the biggest thing, and that's why we're having a meeting on Tuesday, is because I just need to regroup and, like, rethink about some structural things, but we've always been able to kind of set an expectation for what we can do realistically now, and then look forward to, okay, best case scenario, where do we get? And not that we hit every single one of those goals by any means, but we at least understand what it would take or how we can get there or when we hit an obstacle or the route changes, we're able to do it because we understood how to get to the destination anyways. And now it's a new destination, but it's the same, same process. So I think yeah. 
that's been a benefit. And I think that's going to be something that will help with the brewery as well. Cause we can create all these long goals and kind of figure out like, all right, cool. Is it really just going to be like probably the two of us running around at first getting this thing off the ground? Probably. Probably. Yeah. But like having an understanding of what is a new worker look like? What's the most important person to hire next how do we do all of this x y and z i think that's going to be you know um key yeah last thing before because we still really haven't gotten into the homebrewing process yet yeah because i I was like i was about to come back around to that with you we should do that before we talk about hofbrau yeah Um, yeah end on that just because it's more poignant i think but i think one of the things i want to do with the brewery is um, I would like us to be as front-facing as possible, you know. Um, I, I think sometimes sometimes it's hard to really, like, know who whose brewery is this, right? Mm-hmm. When you walk into a spot, I don't think that's always that evident. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think it is more with, like, smaller breweries mm-hmm. where they – where the – the owners are there because they have to be there to make right. but and I'm I do like a giant picture of us on the wall but you know yeah no just there's got to be some some semblance and I think once again just because we're us I feel like no matter how big it got we would always be there very, relatively often anyway mm-hmm. so I, I feel I feel like we would naturally have that Right. Because I, I feel like it's like I, I've seen, again, working at a pizza shop at IUP that was just it was family owned and run, you know, and just kind of looking at some of the thing. How does Tyler somehow look older than Chris now? Losing the beard, man. Man. <laughs> um, Literally shaved years off your life. <laughs> that was hairy level. Had to do it. Um, but like watching whenever he would show up and like when, whenever they would come into the, the establishment and how they would check in on people um, and just how they would go from table to table and like say hi to everybody, but also like say, you know, if you need anything, let me know. I, I think that's always been really important as well is, yeah, if, if we were to hit a level where we don't have to be hands on as much and I fucking hate micromanaging. So if I don't have to say anything to people, like the workers, the better. Um, the staff, the workers sounded horrible. Yeah, that sounded really bad. Yeah, fuck me. You might as well just call them serfs. Yeah. Bitches. Well, the progress on your guys' hazy. Well, we're about to talk about that. We sort of talked about it at the beginning. We waited just for you, Harry. But, uh, yeah, I would just like to be hands-off walking and just like, hey, how's it going? Have any problems? Let me know. Like, all that kind of stuff. So, I, I'm i really excited about potentially one day having a brewery, maybe. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's awesome. Uh, it's an awesome thought, and we're working towards it right now. I mean, this is the first step with the home brewing is working towards it. How are we going to be? Are we going to be the guys in the back doing it from the ground up ourselves? Are, 
Do we like doing it? Do we suck at it? <laughs> we might have answered that first question of who would we hire first? Maybe a brewer is the first person. <laughs> I mean, we have years to make to uh, to make this happen. We could. There's, you know, I think failure is obviously the best educator, right? And learning from the failure. But I think we're not giving ourselves enough credit right now because we don't know how good slash bad slash horrific or amazing this beer is going to be. And I don't know. You sent me a photo of your fermenter and your fermenter is now at almost 14 days. Was it like 10 days or 12, 11 days? It's about 10 days out. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I'm in day four right now. It'll be day. It'll be four full days at 1030 tonight. Um, That's right. Pete baby face Tyler. So somehow looks older as a baby face. So Benjamin Button, Tyler. Yeah. Uh, uh, so, yeah, I'm four days out. You're 10 days out. Uh, I feel like mine is kind of right where yours is or was. Mm-hmm. So I feel like, if if anything, we're at least consistent together. Yeah, and that, that's been the fun, like, the fun part about this. I think the whole process of doing this, especially this first batch, too, wasn't having too much communication with each other. Charlie! Yeah. Um, but it was just like, okay, we're going to do this. We're going to do it by ourselves. And then we'll talk about everything as it, like, happened once it's all brewed. Because, again, looking forward to if we actually do a brewery together. It's, okay, what does Chris, like, what part of this process... Charlie, I hope everything's doing well. Uh, it's going well. I can speak. Um, but what part of the process are we better at, right? Like, it. I, I think that's going to be something that we should be paying attention to going forward. Because obviously, as we were talking about it earlier, there there's an understanding that you just have, like, with it as a certain, like, especially, like, uh, physical chemistry, whatever, you know level that I'm not going to be um, as well versed at because it's just not I'm going how are y'all we're good we're home brewing I'm we're, we're attempting to home brew yeah, we already home brewed yes we're now home fermenting and uh, and we don't we're not so sure about that we're home stressing um, <laughs> but I, that's what I'm excited about see what went well what didn't go well because we got the exact same kit and the exact same beer it's going to be really interesting to see what the difference is in the uh the flavors and what we get out of it so um i think that's a good good idea going forward until we really like like master this process that we're currently at Um, and now i want to ask you specifically how did your brew day go did were there things that you missed kind of how smoothly did it go i am usually one of those people especially when like putting something together or when like cooking something for the first time i am extremely by the recipe right like i am dialed in this all has to be habit like when i'm cooking something i look at all the spices and i pull all the spices out and then i look at what what time they're going to go in at that and then i start grouping them together 
all before I even started. So the recipe should, should be like 10 minutes and it's an hour later. I'm like, da, 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 da. that is still how I did it. Right. Um, however, I feel like I was kind of a little looser with going about this. I, I felt initially if someone would have said, Tyler, you're going to go homebrew. What would you do first? I'm like, well, I'm going to research the shit out of it. I didn't do that as much as I thought I was going to do. And I think, again, it was the, like, let me just be a little more easy on it. Because I feel if I go extremely hard the other way and just go, like, this has to be done this certain way, I would never be able to relax off of certain things and try different, like, steps to it. So I wanted to do it a little more relaxed and see how this uh, make it work. <sighs> I know he's laughing right now. But damn, that was horrible. Uh about as bad as this beer is about to be. Um, yeah. You know what? I appreciate your approach to that. I kind of was less of that. I kind of just, I didn't do a bunch of research. I, just, I read, I read the instructions that were given with the kit, which were fantastic. They really were. Um, and I was just like, let me just follow the instructions. So, I just set myself up with the instructions so that I didn't screw anything up. So I was like, I, I did, I took the packets of the, of the hot pellets. I wrote down at what time they go in on the packet itself. So when I pop back into the kitchen, to I said, check on things. I had one timer that I just continuously watched. Because it was it was a Sunday night, so I had the I had the Chiefs and Ravens uh, football game on, <laughs> so kind of popping back in, in you know in and out in and out um, with my timer, and I had everything written out. So when I got to the next, I was like, oh, there's 30 seconds left. I'll get up, go, boom, rip it open, throw it in. I had all that prepared ahead of time, except the very last pack of hops and I forgot to put them in as I turned off the boil oh my God. as you're supposed to do instead I, I was I was already putting it on the ice and then I'm looking I look over and I'm like there's a pack of pops sitting there fuck 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 <laughs> <laughs> this is like threw them in mixed it I was like, okay, they're uh, they mixed together, sure. They oh, dissolve. So I recorded the whole process. I have a video uh -huh. of it. I need to edit it. It's one of I have to do our podcast. I have to finish up Allsop's video. I have to do a photo shoot like edit that I did. But I have the full full recording of the brewing that's going to get put up onto our YouTube. And then every other process, like when it comes to bottling day, I'm going to record that. I, you know, did the unpacking. Um, the unpacking video with all the stuff that came in the kit, that's going to be free on our YouTube. I'm going to put little clips from every other video out on, like, social media. But all that other content is going to exist on Patreon. So if people really want to, like get a first-hand experience of, like, what we went through or, like, what it's like and our recommendations for stuff like that, that's going to live on the Patreon. But, like, you get Patreon for, like, two bucks a month, so. Yeah, Do it. My pitch. Yeah. Catch up. Catch up Tyler, specifically Tyler. Wait, 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 wait. Harry had a question in here. Hold up. Let's see. 
All right. Set up that question. Um, as I just mentioned, basically that, you know, besides that one moment in, my, in the brew process, I was pretty good. I actually couldn't find the rubber stopper for like a hot minute because it like it fell out of the pack as I was pulling something else out, I guess, and I laid the bag of the guts, the kit guts, you know, I laid that back down and it was underneath the bag. I had to pull that out, throw it into the, the cleaning solution and soak it for a few minutes before adding it to the adding it to the uh, the top of the fermenter. So I'm hoping that the sanitation part was good. That's still my biggest worry that I didn't sanitize so enough. Going back to that sanitation yeah. point, soaking the yeast pack in the sanitation water made that gave... inkling uh, ink like run. Oh, did it? I didn't. It didn't have. That didn't happen to me. It happened to me. And so, like my 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 biggest fear was how hot like, was your water? Huh? How hot was the water? It was just room temp at that point, right? Right. Yeah, that's weird. That, yeah. Well, it's not weird. It makes complete sense. You're soaking something with ink in it. But it, that didn't happen to me. That's what I didn't like. I would have rather them have, like, I wish it was, like, that uh, perforated top where it would have said, like, yeast on top of it. And then, like, the instructions were, pull that top off and put the bag into the water, you know, like the sanitation water. So like, there was no question of like. That. I understand though why they did it. Because remember, they also asked you to soak the scissors that you're cutting the bag open with. Yeah. Even. So I get the point because. No, the perforated, really the, the perforated top wouldn't be what actually opens it. It would just be like the label for so you can pull that off because you can still use them. The, the of, okay, I get what you're saying. The rest of the pack is undyed. It's just a a pack of nothing that yeah. you know it's the yeast from. The, okay, right. That'd be okay, okay. that was my okay. only would be my only suggestion. Like that's the only thing I wasn't crazy about because mine to to give to them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, thing is, like ink doesn't dissolve well in water in in that solution anyway, so it should be okay like you should be fine yeah I, but it's one of those things that made me somewhat worried and i think could be easily changed maybe I don't know. could be could be um on to harry's question though i'm gonna get my beer you answer this well i have a perfect answer for this actually um you will be getting some beer for your birthday, Harry. Don't don't you worry. I got the hookup. And <clears throat> and that uh that stuff in the basement, hopefully it's drinkable. It's still uh still uh wait we're still waiting to see. Um it's only two days it's only two days away. Uh my brew won't be done until October. Till October third, but uh, you'll be get you'll be getting something, something something good. Don't worry, don't worry about it. We at the Alternative Blacks podcast, I guess I I got you. What? 
But we at the Alternative Blacks podcast got Harry for his birthday. Say that again. I said we at the Alternative Blacks podcast. We got gotcha. you. Yeah. Or at least I did. Yeah. For sure. Uh, what do you got? What do you got there? It's a it's a bottle. No. It's Elysian, the Great Pumpkin. Oh, I've I literally have only ever seen Space Dust. Same. From them. And Elysian had a pumpkin variety pack. Oh, okay, okay. That's right, Harry. That's right. Not again, like the people that have ba uh, backed us up or bought products or showed up on events and like are in these chats. Uh, I, I think it goes without saying that it's recognized, it's like seen. We don't, may not have like re the resources currently to, you know, thank you the way that we would like to thank you sometimes. But again, for like, the people that are in this or like end up watching it now, especially since it's been how long have we been in this? It's been an hour already. So if you reach this point and are still listening, you you already like know this kind of stuff and you would be in this uh, group anyway. I said to Chris, you know, next year we should plan to do like a Doctoberfest, like uh, not a Doctoberfest, sorry, that's work coming out. An Oktoberfest. <laughs> an Oktoberfest event, like a private event, um, I think where we would brew our own, you know, uh, Oktoberfest, and then I want to bring in, like, one potential backers, for one, um, but I also would like to invent, uh, invite the people that have been following us the most, you know, that, that have been engaging with us as much as possible. I would want to reach out to the breweries that we have talked to, so, you know, Kyle, um, Broken Chair, you know, hopefully Dock Street in Love City, you know, like yeah. th those type of things where it's just like, hey, like come out, you know, one, we want to hear your feedback on this beer that we produce for this event. Um, but we also want to talk about our vision and we want to hear more about like, you know, season three that should be coming up, hopefully as we record more episodes for season three, um, will be a lot about like reaching out to breweries and talking to them about the process of opening, but just like even making it more of a reality. I think uh, at Promise, please sponsor. Yeah, seriously. Um, I, I'm really excited about those type of prospects. And I just think that, you know, the people that show up consistently, that, we, you know, we see who likes this. We see who asks the questions all the time, you know. Those people will always be on that invite list. Um, some other ideas that hopefully get some, like, free product out there as well. So just wanted to say thank you. Yeah, Thank you, thank you. I think you said everything that needs to be said about that. That, as they say, is that. It is very pumpkin-y. Pumpkin is the world's first imperial pumpkin ale. It's packed with pumpkin and roasted pumpkin seeds and spiced with cinnamon, nutmeg, cloves, and allspice. AKA pumpkin spice. Right, it's just, it, that was really like, um, there's this, like, I think it's a little Debbie pumpkin-like thing that I really enjoy. It, I wish I had the picture of it. I really love it. Um, but it's it's giving that in liquid form, and I'm not necessarily crazy about it. Uh, it's 8.4%, though. There's very few things that can 
do in liquid form what something can do in solid form. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. Like that uh, Lebanon Bologna beer, smoke beer from Schnitz Creek. Sorry, I drooled. Right? That's one of those beers that actually works just as well as the food itself. But a lot of times, man, it's like I had, remember the one live, I had that steak. I, it was like a steak beer and like a surf and turf. It was two beers, a series, surf and turf. The one was brewed with like beef jerky and the other one was brewed with like shellfish. And it don't remember that live. How how drunk was I on that live? <laughs> More than me because I did not enjoy those beers <laughs> at all. Um, gimmicky beers a bit. Eight point four percent fixes a lot of sins or creates more of them. Um, Yeah, I would not prefer my beer to taste like the beach on a bad day. Duly noted, uh, that will be (laughs) a rule for the brewery. (laughs) Um, We'll have that posted in in the brewing area for people to remember. So I guess what... Oh, the only other thing about the brewing process that I'm a little worried about was I was trying to figure out where I wanted to keep the fermenter and just like have it sit mm-hmm. like there's yep, very limited space here and initially i had it in the second room but i started getting worried about the uh just the light that could potentially be coming in and i wasn't okay. sure if i could like there i had no real blinds i would work in that sense and so i was like you know what i'm just gonna take it back into the kitchen and then i put it in the spot in the kitchen that was just in the way I was like, fuck. All right. And I found the perfect spot finally. But I'm like, I am worried. I, I don't know if this is even a thing because I never looked into it. Can, can you rustle the fermenter too much? As I mean, I, there might be something to that. But like agitation doesn't. I don't think agitation would really mess around too much with, with it. Like. I think I think it'll be fine. I really, I really think it'll be fine. Now, I personally had, I was like, okay, for me, it was about temperature. I don't have essential air or anything that I can keep the temperature regulated. So I threw it in the basement because the basement is the coolest place all the time. Um, and it's the best, and it's out of direct sunlight, right? Um, thankfully it hasn't been like hot this past week and it's just going to get cooler. So, you know, the next batch we do, I'm not going to be worried about it at all because at that point it'll be right in that nice range. But, um, that's my biggest concern right now is, is this beer going to be in a spot that's too warm? Is it going to be too warm for too long? Um, and that's kind of where I'm at. Right. But, so there's there's bubbles in the in the airlock, which yeah. means there's CO2 being created, right? So the yeast is still alive. Right. So like again, like one of the big things I was looking at, I was like, okay, what would be next equipment? Um, 
potentially because I was like, is this the right equipment? Do we need anything bigger than this? And I started looking at like, how do we buy a new kit that's like the right size? What do we need to buy? Like, what what does this cost going to actually look like? Uh, but I, I showed you what I think is the next logical step. Dude, that, is that, that, that Plato? That's going to be the Plato. Like, that's going to be so easy. Like, that's going to be uh, what is it like? Such a load off our minds because mm -hmm. brewing is the easy. Like, to me at this point, the brewing part process with a kit is the easiest part of the whole process, especially without, you know, a full system that can temperature regulate, trying to keep that regulation intact and obviously making your own work, the stuff before the kit is, is difficult. But like what we're doing right now is like the easy part. The part that scares me is how is it doing down there? Right, and so that, that thing that I sent you, right now we have this like three piece bubbling thing that is just like plastic that just has plastic rubber and more plastic yeah, yeah. and it just it, it basically regulates itself good it works it's efficient it's like a three dollar like piece of equipment if it ever broke it's three bucks yeah beautiful however this thing is like a hundred bucks which isn't that bad a hundred bucks for that like this thing that connects to your phone through Bluetooth is an app. It shows you how it's regulating. It shows you the activity. It shows you the ABV and the temperature and all the really other stuff. It gives you the whole characterization of your beer. I'm just like, fuck, this is perfect. Like, that's exactly what is needed. So that's that's going to be, like, the first thing that I invest in yeah. outside of it. I, I agree because I think what that's also going to do is if we buy a kit like we used this first time, that kit they already have the characterization of what that beer is going to be. And so after we create it, we can monitor how close is this to what it's supposed to be. And that kind of gives us an idea of how we're doing. And I think it's, it's like cooking, right? Like you follow a recipe so often so that like, you know it, right? You, you understand what you're going, like what you're doing, what the end product should be. Um, and so, you know, if it's saying use this specific cheese, if it's saying use this speci like specific bread, you know, I'm going to do it that way until I'm like, all right, I know what I'm going for. I know what I want out of it now that I'm not getting from this recipe. Here's what I'm going to do to mix it up. And here's yeah. open to guess. So I want to keep doing kits until like, I'm like, all right, I know what an IPA is. I know what kind of like how we're going to like add the hops, when we're going to add the hops, how much hops we're going to do, you know, like, right. And then we can start making our own recipes and fucking around like that. That That's where it's going to get exciting for me. Excuse me. Even right now, like, I'm just worried. Is this going to taste like beer? I'm not even worried. Is this going to be a good beer? Does it taste like beer? I'm just like, well, you know, when, when the wort was, when it, when it was actually cooking down and I smelled it, I'm like, this smells like cereal right now. And it's good. And I'm like, it's good, but it doesn't really smell like a beer yet. And then I realized, well, duh, there's no hops in it yet. Right. As soon as I start adding the hops in, I'm like, oh, okay, now what? it's coming along as an IPA. One of the first people I talked to about homebrewing was just like, if you like the smell of bread, you're going to love homebrewing. Yeah, I mean, it smelled like cereal. It smelled like Cheerios the whole time. Yeah, I was like, this is amazing. I had my face like near. I was like, <laughs> I was so excited about that smell. I was like, this is wonderful. Like, 
Yeah, it was just a great experience. Um, speaking of great experiences and not so great experiences, we have to talk about one of the things that happened at Barrel and Flow, which again, unfortunately, we weren't at. But at the same token, I guess very fortunate that we didn't have to be there to experience this kind of bullshit. So Hofbrau House, which I think is just so ironic and somewhat funny to me that it was a Hofbrau House. Um, that Why is that? Huh? Why is that? I'll get right to it. Um, so when we talk about beer, one of the biggest things that we talk about is like... Ooh, I know, I know. Right. Sometimes it's not beer that comes around it, the barriers of entry... Um, and then especially, you know, when we're talking about this festival in particular, we're talking about celebrating black people in craft beer, especially like that's the, the main focus of black people in craft. Right. Um, and so as a celebration for that, you have a German establishment, essentially, um, talking purity laws, too. And in the back of my head is like the first thing that went into my head my mind is like okay not only are like is craft already a big like counterpoint to a lot of this sometimes when we're talking about german purity laws but then we're talking about black people enjoying craft and then you have like this manager that comes out and is yelling at people and apparently using some racial slurs um complaining about noise and all that other stuff you know that there was apparent i mean i'm not even gonna say apparently i'm sure that they got all of the permits and registrations that needed to be taken care of and handled in order for that to happen. And I think what blew my, like not it blew my mind, I wasn't surprised about this, but I was irritated, was then after the allegations came out, you know, after the email was sent and after multiple people in this like network had posted about it on their social media, I immediately went over to Hofbrau Pittsburgh's website, my Instagram, and I was like, okay, what are they posting about? And it, there was a post about Here's family night, you know, bring the kiddos. It's a great time, blah, blah, blah. And then everybody, yeah. all the comments were just like, oh, so we're just not going to address any of the shit that's happened this weekend? Does yeah. anybody want to talk about it? You real family friendly. Um, yeah, and, exactly. Yeah, and eventually there was like, we value diversity and equality here at Hofbrau House and we're doing everything yeah. in our... And apparently there's been conversations between Hofbrau and Barrel and Flow. I don't know what has come of it as of late, but it's like, I feel as if it, it's hard to take any of this as like a positive step from them because it should have been in no, yeah. press. Like, like there, there was obviously communication prior to the emails being posted up as, you know, this is what happened, you know, just, I, I just, it, it's right. great. From what we know, it, from what we know, they were, they were invited to be a part of the festival. They declined. And so with that, they know it's happening. The permits and everything that needed to be uh, obtained are, were obtained. And so they know it's a lawful event and they continue, they, they still went about it this way. Now it would be, it would be one thing and still not acceptable if they were never contacted. They were, it was never something that was discussed with them, regardless of whether the permits were obtained or not. But the fact that they were reached out 
to to participate and then decline speaks to something right it doesn't necessarily condemn them maybe they just weren't ready to do a collaboration beer maybe they just weren't ready to host a festival right but at the same time it it speaks volumes that they declined and then proceeded to act the way they did towards the festival itself exactly and they're like you know this isn't a representation of who we are this was the manager we're looking into it were there security cameras blah 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 and i just like one you got to address you that shouldn't have been anything that was allowed to uh go on like get further than it had to like that should have been addressed immediately if i'm an establishment i'm not making any other posts like if there's a social media manager i'm reaching out to them don't make any posts until we address this we have to get out in front of it uh not just for the image but because if you truly do value that diversity and inclusion and equity and all that bullshit like it's you do it you do the work and specifically by saying that you do that but decline to participate in an event like that shows you really do not so you're like right hypocritical like in the beginning anyway um and i think the point that people miss because i i, I rarely post on facebook i posted this article on facebook and i said something i think the only two people that responded were my mom and amy and um and again like when i talk about like people that have been like paying attention to the show and like seeing how people interact with us like those are two things that like stick out because again amy did our logo like amy works for sam adams you know like so again like i i feel backing in some way and i feel like seen by stern people and when they like show up in those ways it really does mean a lot however um I was really, I think I get bothered by the people that seemingly don't care about this type of stuff because it's just like, you really don't understand the point of our podcast and the reason that we're doing a lot of this. Like that, right. that exact situation is why we found it so important to have these type of conversations and to try to be and exist in a space that obviously doesn't necessarily want us in that space. And I think that's Absolutely. we we talk about the non-whiteness of beers. You'll hear me bitch about like German purity law because it's just like what what is it if not restrictive and again meant to be a barrier of entry. Absolutely. One hundred percent agree. Um and once again, this is you know, I, I think it's one of those situations when once again where it's here's a place that is actively being, you know, problematic in the industry, but they're being, you know, places like this don't get ridiculed or don't get um, critiqued by the people, by their contemporaries enough for them to actually change anything. And a lot of times it has to come from the people that are actually inside who experience something like this. If this is something that happens regularly, to employees at Hofbrauhaus, House, that's seemingly the only way that it's actually going to affect the business itself. And that's a sad thing um, in a situation we've seen most recently at uh, Tired Hands. But it seems like that's the, that's the only way people are actually going to make a change. And even then, it's what is actually happening. Is it actually going to be 
different. We don't know. That's yet to be seen as far as that example is concerned. But, you know, once again, it's got to, you know, more has to come from the contemporaries and the people in the industry. It's got to be about the people who are in a position to make a change, not necessarily being a problem actively, but passively by not doing anything and allowing the active problematic people to exist and move are still part of the problem, so. Right, and I, I think that speaks to like something that when we're looking towards the future and we're looking like what what do we do as like a brewery, right? Like if, if we ever do hit that like point where we have a level of influence, um, you know, one of the things that I've been consistently trying for us is to get noticed by Untapped or Tavor or, you know, like one of these like places, like how do we get like the attention of people? We've gotten the attention of, you know, Oak Brook, Love City, you know, we, we got some pretty cool stuff ha happen through Oak Park, especially being across the like states right um and i think that was cool but i also do think you know not to toot our own horn not to be like too full of ourselves i think what we're delivering is valuable content and like with a valuable mission an important mission um and sometimes my frustration is you know not seeing the numbers i would like to see and not like having the impact that i, I hope to one day have and understanding it's a long journey we're, we're very much at the beginning phases of all of this um but I want to remember us as we are now, because when we are that brewery, one of those things, I, I want to have time to scour different platforms, whatever the platforms are at that point, and identify people like us and just like really uh, recognize that value and try to make, ensure that people are feeling seen and are feeling like what they're doing is important because it is, it, you know, there's a lot of groundwork that needs to be done. And I don't see us opening up a brewery as the penultimate, like finish line goal, like funfetti everywhere. It, it, there's, it's going to take so much more than that for us uh, as like a combined group. And is this something that I'm, constantly thinking about like yeah we need to figure out a way to hold evil geniuses yards tired hands like people like that saying that like but those people accountable how do you how do you hold them accountable and how do you uh ensure that they're not just passively like letting things happen because you know that they, they exist but they're they're doing all the right things so like or they're not turning anybody away. They're just not showing up. Uh, how do you, how do we change this narrative? How do we have more of an impact? And I think one of the ways to do it is no longer waiting for them to to wake up or extend their hand, but just by becoming so impossible to ignore that they eventually have to. Absolutely. So that's 100%. honestly the goal. 100% agree. Yeah. <laughs> All right. What else you got? I got, I got nothing else, man. Um, just excited to see how this turns out and our next live will be after both of our beers have been 
completed fermenting and will be in the conditioning process. So yeah, how long is that process? Bring that out because I think it'd be fun to open up a beer on live. So it's going to be at least a week. I want to say it's another two weeks. It is two weeks. Fuck! So, I just want to drink. Yeah. So it's a month process, basically, month four week process. So. I will be just in, I will be halfway through my first week of tempering or conditioning. You will be almost completed with your conditioning at that point. So then two lives from now, we will both have beer to crack open. I'm so pumped. Wow. So look forward to it. Yep. I'm excited. But with that, as I said earlier on the show, I have a lot of work to do. <laughs> Yes. So I got to go. This can't be like a three-hour podcast. Yeah. I, I, I'm ready to go, too. I've not eaten in quite a bit. Ah, okay. So, All right. Well, yes. thanks again for having this conversation with us. Thank you, everybody, like, for jumping in and participating in any way possible. Uh, you know, like the page, share the page. When we go live, make sure you share with people. Usually try to put up the uh, opportunity to ask questions prior but you can always ask questions as the episode is going on but until next time peace, peace.